Well, if ever there was to be a post that may ruffle some feathers, this would probably be a strong contender. I know that coming in and trust me, I have prayed about it. The thing is, I keep running into this time and time again and the long and the short of it is that it does need to be honestly and scripturally looked at. This will, of necessity, be a lengthy post, but the subjects being discussed are vitally important, so please bear with me. It is relatively easy to pick scriptures that fit into the understanding we have on a particular subject. In other words, find scriptures which validate the perspective that we have formed on a particular subject. The more difficult thing to do, is look at scriptures that do not validate our perspective and then realign our thinking to encompass all of the counsel of God's Word, not just those scripture verses that we can agree with, because they happen to fit the perspective we have formed on a given subject. There are three main streams of thought that keep crossing over into one another in each of them, from my understanding, according to the whole counsel of God's Holy Word, put forward a false perception, based on a false understanding. The three main streams of thought that I keep encountering have to do with whether a Christian is to judge, whether God's love is unconditional and whether a Christian can lose their salvation. I shall endeavor to either directly or indirectly address each of these three main streams of thought, in this singular post. To judge or not to judge. The first main stream of thought has to do with is a Christian required to exercise judgment. I recently posted an article that extensively covers this particular train of thought in the post entitled Righteous Judgment which can be viewed here, if you have not already read it. If you read all of it, which I would encourage you to do, including the links to many scriptures and the two videos that are supplied, one should, I would think, have little difficulty in understanding that, no, we are not to judge those outside of the church and yes, we are required to judge those within the church. The problem being, that there are many Christians who apply the scriptures that indicate we are not to judge those outside of the church, with Christians not being required to judge those within the church. Whether we judge or not ultimately has to do with the relationship of those to whom we are interacting. It is vitally important to be aware of this. As Christians, we do not have a relationship with those who are outside of the church, i.e. they are not part of the kingdom of God, and as such, we are not to render judgment on them. However, because we do have a relationship with those within the church, we do have a responsibility to protect and defend the church. That would be where all those scripture verses that do not apply to those who are outside of the church in our Bibles, are indeed applicable to those who are within the church. Of course you can ignore those scriptures if you want and just apply the no-judgment mentality on literally everyone, but when you do that, please understand that the reasoning being used, does not line up with the whole counsel of God's Word. Because there is a distinct difference between our relationship, with those who are outside of the church, there is no assigned responsibility of judgment. However, that reasoning does not apply to those who are within the church because we do have a relationship with our Christian brothers and sisters and as such, there is assigned responsibility. Consequently, to promote the biblical reasoning that we are not to judge anyone, falsely applies the logic of no accountability for judging the unsaved, towards those who are saved, within the church, which is a false perception based on a false conclusion, according to the whole counsel of God's holy word. If you would like to prove me wrong, please be my guest. What is important to note here is that the difference in the relationship is subsequently being ignored, which God's Word does indeed clearly address. What is also important to note is how what applies to the unsaved, is falsely or incorrectly applied to the saved. Please remember this because it is going to come up again. And when we as Christians, do exercise our responsibility to judge those within the church, it goes without saying, that all of the scriptures that the whole counsel of God's Holy Word provides, that tells us not to judge hypocritically or to use some common sense with regard to the seriousness of the alleged sin, and the detailed process that is provided, and that we are told to follow, obviously comes into play. God's non-conditional or conditional love. 
Interesting enough, the same error of misapplication, where what is applicable to the unsaved, is falsely transferred over to the saved, when it involves God's unconditional love, is also commonly voiced by many Christians and what is overlooked once again, is the relationship aspect. When we are not within the kingdom of God and in an unsaved condition, and we turn to God, God accepts us as we are, warts and all. His acceptance of us is unconditional. This is without question what God's Word tells us. It matters not what we have said or done or who we currently are. But to infer that after we have truthfully turned to God, and repented of our sins, that God's love towards us continues to be totally unconditional, does not, in my opinion, line up with what the whole counsel of God's Holy Word says. Is the love of God conditional or unconditional? It is both, depending upon relationship. Non-relationship love is unconditional. Relationship love is conditional. 1. God's non-relationship love is what unconditionally draws us as sinners to a holy God to receive the conditions of salvation, the new birth. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3:16. 2. God's relationship love is what conditionally offers us as His children an intimate relationship with God through continual obedience to His voice and commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 14:21. I'm going to include a link that covers this particular question pertaining to whether God's love is condition or non-conditional directly below. It is lengthy but the subject matter requires that it be so. I would encourage you to read all of it. HTTPS colon slash slash www.bereenpublishers.com slash is God's love unconditional slash. I spent considerable time researching this topic and in addition to studying God's word, I have accumulated a large list of links that support the conclusion that God's love is indeed conditional to those within the kingdom of God. You may disagree and I understand that, but the above link makes an awful strong case that conditions are indeed applicable. What bothers me the most when I run into the totally unconditional mindset after conversion, is the thinking that irrespective of what we do, we are still unconditionally accepted by God, because of our faith in Jesus. I've even seen it stated by someone that they did not have to change one little bit, because they are still unconditionally loved by God. I'd have a tendency to think that 1 Corinthians 6-9-10 NAS plus many other scripture verses, would argue against that. This paragraph is a late add-in. I am aware that how God's love is manifested is a complicated matter and not easily articulated in the singular post. I think that everyone agrees that God's love is unconditional to us when we sincerely turn to Him as a sinner. Whatever has happened in the past is paid for by the shed blood of our Savior and our trust and faith in Him. But even entering into receiving the benefits of God's unconditional love involves us acknowledging that God is and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him, which in itself is a condition. I am also aware that after we are reborn, our walk with God is progressive, in that we are continually being changed into His image. And because we are in Christ now, His righteousness is imputed to us, even though, in actuality, we are in ourselves, still imperfect. Even in this walk, God's unconditional love is still in effect, because we are in Christ. The key, as always, is remaining in Christ. And if we sin, which we all do, if we confess and turn from our sins, God's Word tells us that He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we commit a grievous sin, such as adultery and refuse to acknowledge it as such, or turn from it, or for whatever reason, we deliberately walk away from Jesus and no longer strive to walk in His ways, that unconditional love that we speak of, from my understanding, does not continue. Even that sin of adultery can be forgiven but it must be acknowledged as sin and it must be turned from. So in that sense, 
there is a condition for the unconditional love that we speak of, to be in effect. When we put our hand to the plow, it behooves us to continue on, to hold on, to endure, to the end. And I am of the mindset, that because our free will is so vital in our decision to follow Christ, it also is vital in our continuance and should we decide along the way to abandon the faith that we once held on to, then God will not violate our free will there either. So, in actuality, from how I see it, according to the whole counsel of God's holy word, our continuance in trusting and sincerely following Jesus, and His commandments, is a condition and this condition is vital to remaining within the unconditional love of God that we speak of. Poorly worded I know, but that is the best that I can do. Hope this helps. Eternal Security I also am of the mindset that it is possible for a Christian to lose their salvation. I am acutely aware of the once saved, always saved or eternal security school of thought. Once again, you may disagree and in this particular case, that is fine. I would have no axe to grind if this school of thought is correct. If anything, my personal preference is to err on the side of caution, but I do believe that eternal security can promote a false sense of security. I am deliberately not entering into a discussion of the pros and cons of this particular school of thought. Conclusion I personally don't think that it is a coincidence that some Christians who falsely attribute what applies to the unsaved, to themselves, as the saved, with regard to judging and God's unconditional love, is a casual oversight. It strikes me as a deliberate misapplication devised to detract from, versus build on, the sure word of God. And I must question, as a source, who would gain from this misapplication? I think that those who have decided that it is biblically correct not to ever judge anyone within the church, as being totally unscriptural. I also think that to infer that God's love comes with no conditions whatsoever for those within the kingdom of God, as also unscriptural. Cherry-picking selected scripture verses can validate this stance, but applying the whole counsel of God's word clearly can. If you have read down this far, I sincerely thank you. These instances where we run into misapplication of God's unconditional acceptance of us or God's unconditional love for us, due to a misunderstanding of our relationship, to those being addressed or not addressed, needed to be clarified and challenged. And considering that I am just an ordinary Christian layman, my reasoning is not infallible. But, as previously noted, this, what I deem as false reasoning, seems to be frequently coming across my path and I strongly felt led to address it. Will it do any good? Heaven only knows but at least I have tried to clarify it and it has been challenged. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.